know how he got to that food, man. I really don't. That was, <laughs> he sent me this picture and this, this this big hole in in the cat food, and that cat was hungry. <laughs> but what I don't understand is that he had a full bowl of food when I left for work that morning. <laughs> Still full when you came back? Because that'd be even no, no, it wasn't. He's just. <laughs> He's an asshole. I love him, but he's an asshole. <laughs> I want to tell you about last night real quick. I'm very tired. For the first time in six years, Anita has to work overnight. Sometimes she has to work, like, evenings. Yeah. And that's, like, from maybe, like, 1 to 10 or 11 or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, no, she's working for two nights in a row, Monday and Tuesday. Uh, she's working from 9 p.m. to 7 a.m. Been there, done that. Yeah, I have too. I, I worked an overnight job one summer during college, but she's never had to do this. And also she, her job has never asked her to do this. And, but they got a cover for some people who are out who usually do the overnight stuff at the hospital. So she's been trying really hard to adjust this because Anita is a pumpkin in that once midnight hits, she she turns to sleep. <laughs> so it used to be in college, we would we, when, when people were hanging out in the dorm, we were just chilling out and, and doing stuff in our room and like, watching movies or, or chatting and the minute it hit midnight it didn't matter what we were all doing anita started like fading out and like falling asleep wherever she was oh man she decided friday night to get used to this she was going to stay up till midnight which she did and then last night she says i'm gonna stay up till 3 a.m you know we did some stuff to keep her awake we played mario party which is one of her favorite games and i'm like oh let's put a movie on to like keep you going like a one that's going to keep you awake let's watch it because we haven't watched the second one yet we wanted to watch the first one before we saw it again yeah yeah, yeah. and so we we put it on we didn't make it 20 goddamn minutes when we first saw it we saw it on dvd at our friend's place with like the four of us it was a lot of fun but here was just the two of us in like the middle of the night <laughs> it was just like like creepy thing after creepy thing we're like nope we're done so we put on thor ragnarok and then uh <laughs> she actually stayed up till five watching avengers movies so good for her you gotta sometimes you just gotta call the week with the late night horror movies never mind maybe when it's bright day out we'll do this so so that's what happened last night uh hello everyone uh welcome to geek and spiel this is episode 16 i am jacob and i am joined today by eric hello Say hi to the people, Eric. Hello to the people, Eric. Jeffrey could not join us today. He had more important things to do. I don't know what they are, but... They do not exist. Which means we can now say whatever we want about him, which we will. Oh, we got a couple things we want to talk about. This is going to be kind of... Well, this is our last our last September podcast. We're going to be getting into the spooky month in a, in a couple days. Oh, I've already got some spooky things planned. We're starting to put some decorations and stuff out right now. I can't really decorate. This is true. With the cat? <laughs> well, no, more like I live in an apartment and there's not really like you can't really decorate outside. And we don't decorate outside because I don't know if the um if the stupid home peoples are gonna. I mean, I've been in your neighborhood at like Christmas before, and there's people that's got like giant inflatables on the yard, so I don't see. Yeah, but I told you what happened with that one guy, right? Like, yeah, we have people who park outside their house on the street year round. And the minute I have to do it for my parents' rental car for three days, some guy comes to my house on a Saturday night to yell at me. He's not even part of the homeowners association. He just yelled at me at 9 p.m. on a Saturday. I'm like, what kind of insane place is this? That's when you get your uh, your Robot One X upgrade so you can get your stabbing knife back. <laughs> I got my stabbing knife. Ha! So let's let's get started. We got a lot of stuff we want to talk about today. I want to start off by talking about the thing that has captured my imagination. <laughs> 
and the imagination of the internet, and that is Untitled Goose Game. <laughs> this has come out for the Nintendo Switch and PC Mac. Is it an Epic Store exclusive? Currently, yeah. I follow video game news kind of tangentially, kind of like, you know, I, I watch people talk about it and I look at articles and stuff. This thing with the Epic Store and the exclusive things is dumb as hell. Yeah, I mean, like, it's different if you're the company that publishes the game. You know, so, like, EA has a, a client called Origin, where you go, you can buy, like, your Mass Effect, your Dead Space, your uh, uh, Dragon Age, and you can buy them download them through that and that's their that's their client because those are their games that they published yeah so that makes sense but like the the exclusivity on pc doesn't really make sense to me in terms of like the epic store versus steam or something like that yeah that just seems really it, it's not the same thing it's not like they're different consoles it's the same system yeah, it's the same thing and i haven't done enough research to really understand why developers are are doing that but Money. It's probably money. It probably is, because I know that Borderlands 3 is also an Epic exclusive at the moment. I I think the joke is that people are upset that Borderlands 3 isn't coming out for another year. They're saying it doesn't exist because they can't get it on Steam. Which also, like, I have have both Steam and I have the Epic Store, but I only have the Epic Store because they keep releasing games for free, so I'll just grab them while I can. You know, again, I, I, I don't play the PC that much, so it's not like it's that big a deal it, it just seems really silly you know it's even sillier than that pressing y to honk pressing y to honk <laughs> a dedicated honk button <sighs> untitled goose game it is a game where you play as the biggest asshole goose possible so i'm gonna get the one complaint to have about this game out of the way and that is it costs too much money <laughs> It is a $20 game that was on sale for like 15 bucks on the Switch. They, t- they took $5 off immediately. The game is maybe two hours long. An hour if you're really fast. And then there's a little things you can do afterwards. It, it's not worth the price point. It should be, I would say, 10 max. I'll say I, um, I downloaded it this morning and I, you know, while I was uh, having my food cook a little while ago and played for i don't know five ten minutes why is the goose afraid of the gardener you're a goose it's not in your nature (laughs) well the thing is the goose isn't afraid of anyone but if you get too close to any of the humans they'll like push back against you and since i guess you weigh only maybe like five pounds because you're all like feather and hollow bones but you haven't gotten to the other people yet because in some cases you have to fight people over things they're holding and it just comes a tug of war. The game is ridiculous. Yeah, and that's the thing. The, the whole the whole point is you have like a checklist of items to do in this little English village, and you're a goose, and all you can do is honk, crouch, flap your wings, and run. And each of those can, except for flapping your wings, which I don't think has any actual game mechanic other than the ability to do it yeah it didn't seem like it did no and I, I, I there's only one thing i can think of where you have to do it and it's it's something later on that has nothing to do with the fact that it can flap its wings it can't fly for some reason but it just causes as much chaos as possible you go around you steal food you you move things around you make people make mistakes and break things it is i i'm just i'm actually cracking up at times the way they programmed the humans to react or get hurt. The most famous example is after the garden section, 
which is the second section of the game. You're in this little downtown area. And there is this kid that is terrified of you. And the things you can do to this poor child. And the thing is, like, you can't not be cruel. The game doesn't let you do that. You can't go around and be like, give people treats and, and do nice things. No, the game is built around you being the biggest asshole ever. And I think that's just resonated with people. <laughs> I mean, I, I really don't have words. It's just honk. <laughs> the funniest thing about the game is that people have been comparing it to Hitman and Metal Gear Solid. Oh, my God. Because of the mechanic where you where you go around and you essentially do these tasks that involve like espionage-ish sort of hiding. At one point, you actually hide in a box if you want. That's pretty good. Oh, my God. I'm stealing this from IGN.com. This is from their written review on Untitled Goose Game. Here are uh, some of the puns that they came up for their review video, but they couldn't fit them all in. So here are some of the ones that were rejected. A honking good time. Top billing. Metal goose solid. <laughs> the goose is loose. The goose Me is loose. gusta. Rye in gosling. Mother goose's nursery crimes. <laughs> <laughs> Mild goose chase, geese lightning, kill comma bill, all hell beaks goose, and oh my God. untitled goose review. That's it's it's a delight. Oh, so gosh. The, the music is really delightful because there's not really any music until you do stuff like where you run around and the music sort of picks up. It's this really nice piano like melody uh, that just complements everything really well and. Everything's like super charming and silly and funny, and it's and it's kind of a puzzle. So you have to think of the best ways to get the goose goose's goals completed, and not all of them are straightforward. And sometimes there's multiple ways to do them. I personally wish there was a little more to it. I wish it was longer. It, I, I wish there was more to it, and I hope we see more like this from this studio. But the game is is just silly, and I enjoy it very much. I'm gonna try and get into it a little bit more this afternoon, but. You'll probably be done by the, like, not, it won't take you Metal that long. Goose solid. <laughs> Metal Goose Solid. <laughs> so that's, so Untitled Goose Game, uh, if you have a Switch, you need to buy it. If not, I'm going to post one of the trailers with this podcast. It is very funny. I, I highly recommend you check this out. And that is Untitled Goose Game by House House for the Switch and PC Mac. Who uses a Mac to play games? I'm sure there are people out there. Well, they need to be burned. What, really? Yes. We here at Kikenspiel do not condone these statements. We don't feel anyone should be burned for their choice of console or or OS or whatever. Eric. That's the public. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the public statement. That's the, that's the official company statement. But, but deep catch, down in our hearts, this is how we ca- feel. Catch me on the street, see what happens. <laughs> Speaking of Metal Goose Solid... <laughs> And the man who created Metal Gear, um, Death Stranding. That, I, this has been talked about for, what, like a couple years now, right? Um, Yeah, it got announced in 2015, which there's a whole, whole big fucking story about that. Hideo Kojima is the guy who made Metal Gear Solid. Like, that was his fucking thing for like 25, 30 almost years. And right before Metal Gear Solid 5 was about to come out, Konami fired him 
and took his name off of his own goddamn video game. Oh my god, really? Yeah. And he was also at that time working with uh, Norman Reedus and Guillermo del Toro on like a, a Silent Hill game, which is infamous because they put out like a, a playable teaser for the game. Are you talking about PT? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. wait, that was it? Yeah. Oh my god, that is infamous. And then they they took that because Konami gave them the boot. So I want to say Sean talked about PT briefly in one of our earlier podcast episodes. Yeah. Uh, which do you want to refresh for for listeners what that is? Um, I've never I never got to play it. So all I can really tell you is that it was a playable teaser for a Silent Hill game that uh, Hideo Kojima was was working on four or five years ago. That's all I really know about it. The, the two things I've heard about it are that it's supposed to be one of the scariest, like, video game experiences you can actually experience. At least at the time, you can uh, find videos of it online. And two, you can't get anymore because it was a canceled project. So I believe they were, yeah. like, selling systems that had it already installed for yeah. lots of money. Kind of like a Flappy Bird. Yeah, Flappy Bird. Flappy I remember Bird. that. Oh, my God, I remember that. Yeah, how dumb is that? Um, <laughs> But um, after... All that happened, and uh, I want to say it was like that year at E3, Sony brought Hideo Kojima out on stage, and he was like, yeah, I'm working on a game, because Sony basically was like, you do good video game things, here's a blank check, go make a video game. (laughs) So it's been four years, and that game is finally coming out on November the 8th, which is like right after extra life weekend. That is almost uh, that's almost a week after extra life. Yeah, it's the weekend after. So I'll be I'll be ready for that. And I'm thinking what I'm going to do actually is cancel my Pokemon pre-order and get that instead. Probably not a bad idea. Because the game still has Norman Reedus in it. Also has um Guillermo del Toro's in it and it has uh Mads Mikkelsen in it as well. Like throughout all the trailers you've been seeing them. Even going back to like the old Metal Gear Solid games, like Metal Gear Solid 1, 2. Hideo Kojima is known for making his games much more cinematic. Very much so. Yeah, it's going to play out a lot like a movie, and I think that's part of the reason why he used big actors and stuff like that. Nobody really knows what on earth the story of this game is about. No, the trailers give nothing away about that. But I am ready to experience whatever kind of peyote dream that Hideo Kojima has ready for me. <laughs> yeah, the, the the big things that we know about this movie besides the all-star cast is uh, for for whatever reason that that scene with the baby thing that was a meme for a while. Yeah, that's like a an actual mechanic in the game or something. Oh god. Um where like you carry it around with you because there's like these invisible things. I don't know what they are, but like they can hunt you down, but you can use the baby to like hide from them somehow oh my god i don't know well also the fact that you can apparently urinate in the game you can actually pee in game well to be fair in metal gear solid 5 you could command your horse to poop so (laughs) and that poop could then make enemy vehicles skid off of the road (laughs) oh my god (laughs) so i don't i don't i don't know what like i said i don't know what to expect out of this but i'm excited because uh, any of the games that he has ever been associated with, I've enjoyed. I honestly don't know if I'm going to get this. I'll wait to see. I've I have I don't have a great track record with Metal Gear games. I've watched Jeffrey 
play and uh, Jeffrey and some friends of ours back in the day play through Metal Gear Solid, the original one, which I thought was one of the coolest stories ever. And I still think it's probably one of the best of the Metal Gear Solids. I played through Metal Gear Solid 2 by myself very poorly, and I still have no idea what it was about. I tried picking up 3, and I just, I was so bad at it, I couldn't get through it, so I've kind of like sworn off Metal Gear games, but I have, I have 5 from the PlayStation Plus thing, but I, I don't know if I'm ever going to pick it up. So, it's complicated. The story, the stories of those games is just, it's a whole web of nonsense and crazy bullshit that basically amounts to the government is trying to control people through war. The game that got me into Metal Gear was a spin-off game that they did. It was called uh, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. And I played that, and then I was like, there's a lot of things going on here that I don't know anything about. <laughs> so then I went and I bought all the Metal Gear games and played them all. But the main, like the last boss in that game says that he's going to use war as a business to get elected as president so that he can end war as a business. <laughs> and it's just ridiculous. You go around... Uh, it's ridiculous. Well, the funniest thing about Metal Gear Solid is after they kicked out Kojima, right? Yeah. And after, the, after they kicked him out, they took the brand and they turned the next game into a... a like a... Like sur- Left for Dead? Yeah, like a survival yeah. crafting sort of zombie nonsense which uh nobody wanted no it was not well received yeah i'm excited to see what happens with death stranding there so that that'll be that'll be interesting i'll let you know because like i said i'm gonna get it that weekend and uh and then we'll then we'll podcast it we will let people know and you might not hear from me for a few days (laughs) next thing you know i'll i'll be screaming at you about whatever the hell whatever's going on in the game yeah because i'm not i'm not gonna know how to handle it probably this has been a very Switch week for me. I've been, uh, I don't I don't have a lot of Switch games, and then I started looking at some of them, and I started picking up a bunch that were on sale. There were, it's really funny, because I'm like, man, I I really want these games, and there were some for the PlayStation, too. I'm like, I want them, but maybe I'll wait for them to go on sale, and I look a week later, and everything I wanted was marked down. I'm like, oh, damn it, all at once. Now your dreams can come true. I know, <laughs> I bit the bullet. Like, I did that for... Um, there was a game I wanted, I wanted us to have for Extra Life for PlayStation, and I picked that up. Uh, I was happy that that randomly was on sale. Uh, what is it? Uh, um, it's one of the, the Jack Party Packs. It's this really cool... It's a really neat game. We played it at Jeff's Place last year for Extra Life. I think it's Quiplash. Yes, it's Quiplash. So what happens is everyone has to have their phones out, mm-hmm. and... Uh, you all sign into this thing. It gives you a link, and you enter your game number, and you all sit there. And then it asks each of you, like, two questions. And they're not the same ones. So you and somebody else have the same question, but nobody else is going to have that one. And so, like, it'll be like, what's your favorite meal or something like that or something stupid? And then they get popped up on the screen. So it pops up on the screen for everyone to see, and it's like, What's your favorite meal? And then I wrote sushi, and then and then Eric writes something inappropriate, and everyone gets to vote which they think is the best one or the funniest one. And, oh, man. Yeah, and then you get points based on who voted on you or whether yours got voted for. And it's uh, – actually, I think, I think depending on how many people you have, there's like two or three or four choices 
overall, it's very funny. And there's plenty of like board games that do this too, but there's something about the way it's done on screen and with your phones that, and you're all sitting around like that. And it happens so quickly. It just kind of really keeps the momentum going and it is very funny. So I really enjoyed that. And I hope we get to pull that one out for like when it starts getting late and silly during extra life. But anyway, back to the uh, switch things, I had found a bunch of switch games that I had been had my eyes on. So one of them was Celeste, which again, Sean talked about on our podcast, not that long ago. And, uh, it's a super hard platformer. It's designed to be difficult. It's kind of like, I would call it a dark souls game for platforming. It's kind of like super meat boy where it's very punishing Yeah, uh, and the mechanics are, are tricky, but they're simple. And each room is a puzzle that you have to get through in a way of finding out the best way to do it. And, uh, it's all done in like an eight bit style, like an eight bit, 16 bit style. It's, it's really cute. There's a story involved. I didn't think there was actually going to be one. Uh, it revolves around this character being, uh, going through depression and anxiety and she meets these other characters along the way. It's very charming, and I've enjoyed it a lot. I haven't beaten it yet. Uh, I think I'm going to die a lot more than Sean did when he did his whole playthrough because it's taking me a while. There's times where I just walk right into a spikes or something like that and just die. I'm not very good at it. But uh, I've gotten pretty far for myself, which is great because the biggest problem I have with this game is that the Switch, the, the joystick, mm-hmm. it's it's not responding to me the way I want it to. And I don't think it's the defect everyone was talking about, but like I'll, I'll, I'll set it forward. I'm think I'm pushing forward, but then she goes up or I think I'm pushing up and she goes forward. It's very like minute. So like, and sometimes you really have to make sure you're, you're pointing up or down or something like that. And I just keep dying over and over because it's not responding to me correctly. Something in the same kind of vein as that, that you might be interested in. I know you can get it on PS4. I think you can get it on switch. It's called uh, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, but it deals with uh, Norse mythology and and uh, kind of like the PTSD, depression kind of thing. Oh, that game! Yes, I've been meaning to check that out. That is a heavy game. I would be I'd be interested in that because it's funny. We talked about not that long ago in the podcast that we enjoy games with where story is a big part of it. Yeah, and a lot of the games I'm, I picked up are not super story heavy. They're ones that have very kind of addicting mechanics or qualities to it. And Celeste goes back to my my platforming roots, the things that got me into video games. And the story is kind of what keeps me going because I could see myself just getting bored of dying over and over again. Even though there's not a lot of story there. It's, it's very slight. You don't see a lot of it. But the characters are adorable. Uh, and so you talk about Hellblade, and that was one where it's like, I know I want to pick this up, and this is whether or not the game is you know mechanically good. I want to really get into that story, even if it is heavy, because you want to see a heavy story every once in a while. Because video games, I think, are really dying to be taken seriously, and there's still a lot of people out there, I think, who underestimate the capacity that a game has versus any other medium: TV, movies, books, comics. Uh, video games have a very unique way of of pulling you in, in that you're actively playing them. Yeah, because it's not... The difference between, like, a movie or a book and a video game is that you're the one that actually, in the most most cases anyway, drives the story. Yeah. So you have... The story is there, and you have a character who has a place in that story, but the story doesn't do anything unless you progress it. Yes. 
it's you're, you're you're active. You're not passive. You're not passively watching something. There's a lot of rumors. Uh, it's not rumors. It's it's kind of it's not confirmed. But a lot of a lot of the people who made Celeste, they are uh, they're people who have struggled struggled with mental illness. They've had depression, anxiety uh, in their own lives. Some of them identify as actually being non-binary or gender fluid. So there have been hints possibly dropped that the main character, Madeline, is actually uh, a trans person as well, a trans woman, because they've released some like fan art or studio art. And she's oh that game yeah 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 there's a, you've seen it where where she's got a where there's like a there's a rainbow flag and then the flag for the trans support near the keyboard well, no I I haven't seen like anything out of the game I've I've read something on Facebook the other day I think about it though oh you should find that and send it to me I'd be interested to see what what that was that was one of the things I'd found while I was looking into the game more so I thought that was I thought that was really neat. But speaking of emotional, gut-wrenching stories, Eric. Oof. <laughs> Are we talking about The Last of Us Well, now? I saw it on there. I thought that would be a good segue. Is that is that what we're doing? I'm making you do okay. it. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> do it. So they announced, I think it was this week, that um, Last of Us 2 is coming out February of next year. Yes. Have you played the first game? No, I do have it. Uh, again, one of the free... PS or or no PS. I'm sorry I'm going to have it next month when it when it becomes available. Yeah, I was going to say cuz it's going to be it's, on PS Plus next month. Yeah, I'll, I'll grab it. But again, I'm not a zombie guy, but I've been told by everyone and their mother this is what? Oh, it's the... not it's not really zombies. It's still it's still it, it, it's still a post-apocalyptic world where people's corpses are attacking you and trying to consume you. So It they are they are zombies but at the same time they're not. <laughs> that that's not um, it's the difference is midlink. And you know what the funny thing is? The studio that makes The Last of Us, their first big game was Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> That's right. It's Naughty Dog, isn't it? <laughs> yep. Oh, my God. Just like just like the studio that made the Spider-Man game that came out last year, their first game, first big game was Spyro the Dragon. Oh, my God. You're right. That's Insomniac. Yep. That's crazy. Um, but, yeah, Last of Us 2 is coming out in February. Uh, I'm very excited about it because I've played the first one here and there over the last five years since it first came out, but it wasn't until earlier this year that I actually played all the way through it. And I don't want to spoil anything for you since you haven't played it, but good God. I, I've heard it's just a, an emotionally gut-wrenching uh, game. For the most part, it isn't until, like, the very end. You, The, the premise of it is, and I don't know how it, how it happens or how it starts, it never really gets explained or touched on, but there's an outbreak of a viral fungus called cordyceps which is it takes over the brain of its host and yeah there's and, an actual thing like that that takes over yeah it's an uh, it's an actual insects. thing there's a pokemon that's actually based off of it too i think i know which one you're talking about it's like Par- paris and parasite the beginning of the game happens and then there's like a 20 year time jump and the main character of the game at this point he's probably pushing like 50 because at the beginning of the game he has a daughter and she's like 12 or 13 so he's probably at least in his late 20s or early 30s, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a 20-year time jump, and you go on this adventure because they think that the girl that's with you, well, she's immune to the to the virus, and they think that by reverse engineering her DNA or something like that, they can create a cure. Well, Last of Us 2 is going to pick up, like, five years after that, and from what they've said is that, like, 
they're now living in like this little village in Wyoming, and the whole thing's still around. But then they get attacked by some people, and she goes out on a revenge mission to like kill the people who attacked them and rescue her girlfriend who got kidnapped by them. Did she get kidnapped or is she killed? I think kidnapped. I don't know for certain. Because the trailers gave away a lot of like possible story stuff it's, there. I mean, anything is possible. I'm not going to know for sure until I play the game. But yeah. Um, and then at the end of the trailer, Joel, who was the play the main playable character from the first game, shows up and says, "I'm not going to let you do this alone." So, yeah, I saw that, and, and people go, people went nuts. Oh yeah, I went nuts. Um, <laughs> so I'm thinking a lot of people are thinking actually that the roles are going to be kind of reversed because in the first game you mainly played as Joel and Ellie was there as like an AI character. People are thinking it's going to be like reversed this time around. But I'm very excited for it. I think it's going to be just as good, if not better, than the first game. Is the game mechanically, like the way it plays, is, it, is that actually fun? Or was it filled with like quick time events or whatever kind of kind of stuff? There's only quick time events if you're getting attacked by one of the infected people because they, mm. they will literally one-hit kill you if you don't do the event right. But it's... It's kind of survival stealth horror, and that you like you go around crafting your med your medical kits and stuff like that. I may watch people play this because that's the kind of game I cannot play. It stresses me out to no end. You should at least give it a try. I, I might. I mean, I'll get it for free, so it'll yeah. be free. So you know, Wait, Naughty Dog did the Uncharted games, right? Yes, they also did Uncharted. Is this like that? Because I no. did not like the Uncharted games. They were so boring. No, it's nothing like Uncharted. Okay. Um, Uncharted, which I've never played but have seen been played, looks a lot more like action-oriented. Okay. Because Uncharted is basically male Tomb Raider. Yeah, but you spend more time shooting people in the most boring shooting segments I've ever had to do. There's just so yeah. many people. You have to shoot so many of them. It just gets so old. Yeah. No, it's, 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 not, uh, it's not like that at all. What else you got today? One of the other games that got on sale is one Jeff talked about, I think, just last week, Slay the Spire. I said I didn't want to get it because I knew I'd get addicted and I don't have time for that. Well, I guess I do have time for that because I got it and I played it and oh my god. It is basically a card game like, I would put it more along the lines of the card game Star Realms where you... you I enjoy that game. It's a good game. It's a, it's really good. I play it on my phone constantly it's it's just kind of there if i need to just kind of do something mindless for a second is it free on the phone or do i have to pay for yes it? it is absolutely free if you want the expansions that they cost money and i got a couple of those when they were on sale but you don't need it oh okay and then you can play it you can if you have someone hanging around you can just play a, like a pass and play which is which is uh done really well and i love deck building games and this isn't deck building in the same way because you're not always building the deck you're just kind of playing the cards you get you know how many play points you know mana essentially each turn like you start off with like three or four depending on your character yeah you play as many cards as you can then you discard everything else and then you draw cards and then when you're done you you, you reshuffle and you draw them again and then as you beat enemies and go to shops you can then purchase more cards or upgrade your cards or get rid of your cards so i played this once and i didn't even get to the end of the first area uh the, the first like tower section the first act i just uh <laughs> i just went through and didn't know what i was doing and died second time i got a little further and now i'm in the middle of like my fourth run and i'm and i have a really cool setup right now and i'm hoping i can make it pretty far and it's kind of like that addicting quality like oh one more step just keep going one more do i heal here or do i 
do I keep going? And uh, the choices are, are, are really important. So it's a really interesting, fun and engaging game that mixes a lot of those kind of addicting qualities between the what am I going to get in a roguelike game and what kind of cards am I going to find and playing, you know, these these card games. Right. And it's not easy. Sometimes it gets really easy and you're like if it lulls you into a false sense of security and then you get your ass beat because that's just how these games work. I just like playing it on the Switch because it's handheld, but you can get it on the PlayStation 4. You can get it on, I think you can get it on Xbox and it's on PC. So it's everywhere. All right, let's hear about your, uh, this thing. I've heard about this game. Oh, I've been hearing a lot about this. Code Vein? Yeah. I need to get it, actually. It just came out Friday. It is a Dark Souls-esque game that was, I don't know who developed it, but it was published by Bandai Namco, who also published all three of the Dark Souls games. It supposedly is a lot more story-heavy, based off of any of the trailers or the reviews I've watched for it, but you also get an AI companion, which is, oh. from what I've seen, read, heard, whatever, can be helpful or annoying, depending on what you're doing. You can also opt to not have an AI companion, but then the game is just ridiculously hard. And this is a Souls-like game, right? Yeah. What's the uh, genre? What's the, what's the setting? Well, first of all, it's... it's it's an anime game, but it's also Dark Souls. You're a vampire or a ghoul or something, and there's some kind of weird shit going on with, like, blood, and you gotta beat the bad guys so that you can kill the queen. It's like post-apocalyptic kind of nonsense, but it looks interesting enough. I don't know much about it right now until I actually play it, but I am excited to, to pick it up at some point. They also, for some reason, show them in a lot of the trailers and stuff wearing gas masks, and I don't know why. But is it creepy, or is it like a cool look? I don't know. It's it's a little edgy for me, but <laughs> we'll see. Cool, wear gas masks for fun. We'll see. The last thing I want to talk about is just a quick update to Sinking City. I had picked it up again after a while because cause I really wanted to keep going, and I saw there was a large patch, and so far I'm noticing... Pretty big improvements. The Switch version has come out too, and that's getting some pretty good reviews. And I'm playing it on PlayStation 4, and I've noticed a lot of the issues that I had seen before, I guess because of the jankiness of the game, have kind of gone away. Uh, there's still some pop-in, but there's less people spawning out of nowhere, out of thin air, and just appearing there, which is great. There's a lot less of them too, so the place looks a little more deserted, which I think creates a better atmosphere. And they're not all just spawning from the same invisible spot like a like a moving sidewalk of NPCs. The loading time is still not great, although I think it's gotten a little better. And the combat still sucks. Some of those, like the, like the combat, I think are just game choices. The atmosphere is still great. I'm still enjoying the searching around, you know, for clues and stuff like that. So I'm probably going to beat this game and, uh, and let you guys know what I thought of the whole experience. What, what all was wrong with it? Because I forget. Oh my gosh, yeah, sorry. I should let you guys know what, what what the problem were with this game again. So, first of all, there were bugs. You would go to places where doors should open, so you could go to do a quest, and the door just would not open. And I'd have to restart it. Uh, there were, uh, like, people, characters in the, in the street just spawning. Like, you could see the spawn point. You would see them appear like in thin air and start walking. And then another one would just appear there and walk behind them. And like different ones, like they just kind of spawn like, like, uh, like when you beat solitaire on an old Windows system and they just sort of like cards start bouncing around the screen yeah. in multiples. That's what it looked like. 
you know, you'd walk into a building and there'd be someone sitting at a chair, but they're not sitting on the chair. They're sitting a space above the chair, <laughs> like sitting with perfect squat position. And it was just uh, like little mechanical things like that. Things weren't wouldn't register correctly uh, when you interacted with them. And the loading just took forever. But it looks like they're starting to relieve the pressure on those a little bit. Some of it is still a lot of fun, and the story is very interesting. It's very creepy, so it's a perfect to play this game now. I'm glad I kind of kept putting it off, because now we're entering spooky times. And spooky times needs spooky things. I hope you're prepared uh, for the next month to talk about a Dead Space game once a week. Oh, that's fine. No, we're going we're gonna to try and keep it to, to one week. Oh. Well, like one week we'll talk about our favorite, like, like horror games and then we'll talk about our favorite horror movies and then we'll talk about our favorite like horror other things board games books things like that all the way to spooky time all the way to extra life extra life yeah that's coming up yeah let's not forget about extra life i released a commercial uh last week so uh, i'll link you guys to that if i can you should go check that out we will be playing games for 24 hours to raise money for children's hospitals i'm super pumped super pumped super stoked and as as I said when I shared that post, being sick sucks. Being a kid sucked. Why would we want double suck on anyone? Give us money so that the kids can grow up and stop fucking sucking. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel about that. You know, that reminds me of, of one of the years we did this, and I would send out my fundraising emails. And at one point, I think I just wrote, give me your damn money. Like, I just... I, believe... I stopped trying to come up with, with clever things to say, and I was just like, just just give me your money. I believe that you did do that. <laughs> I believe that you did. Uh, but no, please give us your money. And it all goes to a great cause. I'm looking forward to it. And Eric and I, you and I, we need to work on our, I'm sorry, and by our, I mean your one shot of which I will be uh, helping out. Yeah, I've got, I've got like the first two parts done up. The third part's just going to be basically the big fight at the end. Nice. I've uh, got, I think, four or five of the six characters created. I'm just having a lot of trouble finding good formats to make them easy to read. I'd like to make it simple. There's so many different abilities and things. They'll get a little confused. Good. Uh, we'll, we'll try and give it to them earlier so they know what, th what they're doing. But that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, it will be. And we'll tell you all more about that later. Uh, anything else before we head out? No, I was just thinking that's a good thing that we could talk about for spooky time next month. Oh, that'll be great. Yeah. yeah. And we can also talk about it like right before or afterwards and then release it after and and talk about, you know, how we planned it and what you wanted to go for and then what actually happened when we actually ended up doing it. Yeah, because the initial ideas I had when we sat down and talked about it, totally, totally different. But I like what I, I like what we came up with. Yeah, we, we, we kind of took it in a very different direction, but I think it's really neat. Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening. It's a shorter episode this week, but that's okay. Hopefully next time Jeff will join us and we will have a lot more fun stuff to talk about. We will get into spooky times. And so October is the best month. Best month. Confirmed. The best month. Confirmed. Uh, this is true. So well, once again, I am Jacob. Eric. And you guys have a great week. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.